Thanks for listening. The following audio is a teaching from Calvary Tucson's Young Adult Ministry, Ignition. For more teachings, information, or if you'd like to support our ministry, please visit us online at ignitiontucson.com. We pray you're blessed by the message. For those who love God, He works all things together for good. Even the messed up things, even the difficult things, even the broken things, God can work all things together for good. And the greatest example of all is Jesus' death on the cross, where people right, brought him before the Romans and, 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 and changed, changed Pilate's mind to, to the point of allowing them to crucify Jesus. And Jesus, the Son of God, went through that horrific experience for us. God used that horrible, horrible um, historical event, right, of, of Jesus going through what he went through and dying for the most beautiful thing that has ever happened in history. You and I can now experience the grace of God. You and I can now experience a relationship with the Father that we had never experienced before because of what Jesus did on the cross, despite something as horrible as his crucifixion. It's so comforting, and it is such an incredible truth that our God is for us, and he works despite our failures, and he works despite the failures of others. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. God still works despite our poor choices. And what's so beautiful is his motive in, our, in, in his work in our lives, right? He's not just like some husband that, oh man, it's, it's, his, it's his wife's birthday and so he needs to get her flowers. So he goes, goes and just grabs some random flowers and he's like, hey, happy birthday, throws them down on the table and walks away. That's not, that's not how God sees you or views you at all. God is crazy about you. God has unconditional love towards you. And if you question God's love for his people, if you question God's love for you, then just look at some of these promises. I want you to look at some of these promises that he's given us in his word. And, and then I want you to, to consider uh, God's love. In Ephesians 1, 3, he says, uh, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. And we just talked about this a couple weeks ago. So I'm not going to get super far into what spiritual blessings are. But you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. In Psalms 37.4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And I love this verse I love this verse because it is such a matter of perspective. Because, right, if you flip it, if you are delighting in yourself, how do you see the world? Everything is about you. You become arrogant. You become entitled. You become a victim. And when everything is about you, who cares how it negatively affects? Uh, who cares who it hurts? Because I am, I am so important that I should get what I want. And this mindset, man, is promoted so much in our culture and in our media. And, and the way that they do it is this word deserve. Man, you deserve to be happy. You deserve to get all your needs met by someone. You deserve to make as much money as everyone else, whether you've earned it or not. 
And I, I want to get deeper into that. Just one of my questions, one of my questions in, in this whole idea of deserve is who is the one that comes up with the, the criteria to you deserving these things, right? Is it you? Am I the one that chooses whether or not I deserve it? Because us as sinners, right? Us as sinners, of course we're going to say that. Of course that I, I'm going to think that I deserve everything because I'm messed up, because I'm selfish, because I'm prideful, because I'm arrogant, because I'm a sinner. But anyways, what happens when you don't get those things? Or what happens when you get those things, actually? What happens when you actually get those things? It, what, you, you realize that it's not enough, that you want more, that you need more, and, and you're never satisfied. There's always something else. But... When you delight yourself in the Lord, your perspective changes. You get a new perspective. It's no longer about you, but it is the God. It is now about the God that you love, the God that you serve, because, right, out of a response, again, for his love towards you. In Psalm 1611, again, it says, In your presence there is fullness of joy. What is, what is the second part? I'm going to go back in my notes. Pleasures forevermore. Thank you. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You go before the God that offers you fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. It's no, or when you delight yourself in the Lord, you follow the two commandments, right? The two commandments that Jesus said were the totality of the law. And he talks about this in Matthew 22, 36 through 40. And what his answer is, number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he says the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. So what more, right, in, in loving, loving others, right? What is loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? You, you want, you choose, like what it talks about in in Romans 12, where he says that, that I am a living sacrifice, right? You say, you know what, God? I am no longer about my desires. I'm no longer about my wants, but I am willing to be used by you with the rest of my life. My desire is no longer for me, but my desire is for you because of your love for me and, and because of what you did for me and me understanding and knowing that you are the one that created me, so you're the one that knows my purpose better than I know it myself, and then you love others like 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The, the love is patient and kind. Man, if you want something convicting, if you want something challenging, then change the word love for your name and see, see how well you do down that list. Man, JD, JD is patient. JD is kind. Is that, is that a reflection of who I am? Is that a reflection of, of how I'm, I'm treating people and loving people? Most of the time, no. Man, I am messed up. I am not patient. I am not kind a lot of the times. And man, thank, thank goodness for, for the grace of God and thank goodness that, that he continues to work and transform us in, in, this, in this journey of life. But then he gets extremely practical. Loving each other, you, you can get extremely practical if you go to Romans chapter 12, just a few verses down, and I'm going to read verses 9 through 18. This is what it looks like to love people. It says, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Are you outdoing 
your friends, are you outdoing other people in showing honor? Verse 11, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Verse 12, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Are you, right, fulfilling the needs of your brothers and sisters in Christ? Are you, are you the person that is willing to give up what you have for others, whether that be time or, or money or, or energy, right? Are you willing to sacrifice your, what you have to, to help out and uphold your, your brothers and sisters? Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Man, the people that, that curse you, the people that get angry at you, the people that get frustrated with you, are you blessing them or are you meeting them where they're at? Bro, I'm still going to love you even though you're treating me a specific way. Right out of your anger, your frustration, I'm not going to respond to that. I'm going to respond in love. I'm going to bless you. Is that what you're doing, Christian? Is that how you're responding to people? Rejoice, and here's that verse, man. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Are you in the kind of relationships with your brothers and sisters where you can even do that? Are you in the kind of relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ where if they are going through something difficult and hard and they are crying, could you even meet them where they're at? Have you built that kind of relationship with, with your brothers and sisters? That's, that's why fellowship is so important, man. That's why these small groups are so important. That's why it's so important for us to meet together and spend time together and encourage each other. Verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, right, or prideful or arrogant, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Man, that is convicting. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil. Again, there's, there's, that, there's that idea. But give, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. So don't repay evil for evil, but do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, Live peaceably with all. Are you living peaceably with all? So far as depends on you, right? Because there are some people that just do not want to live peaceably with others. There's some people that are just angry. They're just always frustrated and, and, and they always are, are out to get other people. But are you still loving them? Are you still praying for them? Are you still willing to engage in, in, a, in a conversation or a friendship with them? That is what it looks like to love other people. So what more desire do you have than to know that the Lord is with you and that he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing? That's what that verse is saying. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So when you delight in the Lord, man, your perspective changes. Your desire changes changes and he fulfills all of those desires that you have when you're actually living in the purpose that God has created you for. Psalm 37, 23 through 24 says, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall for the Lord upholds him with his hand. So when you delight in the father, you will stumble because we can just look at the word the words of Jesus in John 16, 33, he said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation or you will have trouble. But what does he say? Take heart. I have overcome 
the world. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Man, we have a God, right? It is so easy for us to delight in him because our God gives us so many incredible promises. You can see the love that God has for us when you look at these promises. He works all things together for good. When you delight in him, he gives you the desires of his heart. Man, he is with you. He makes your step firm. He will not let you fall, though you may stumble. And he says, come to me, and I will give you rest. And this is why we can say with confidence, Psalm 27, 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Verse 12 of Ephesians 1 says, So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. So Paul is referring to the idea, to to the truth, that how you live your life in this world, right? Your response to the gospel, your response to, to what God has done for us, how you live your life in your community is a way in which you bring glory to God. The way that you live in your everyday life is a way in which you bring glory to God. And let's just see how Jesus says it in Matthew 5, 13 through 16 in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. So what? So that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And this is important for two reasons, right? So people, and this is something that all of us know, people tend to associate you and how you act and how you respond and how you talk to the group, to how the group that you identify with talks and responds and and acts. And uh, a great example of this is the Marine Corps, right? People draw a lot of conclusions about me because of the reputation of the Marine Corps. But it's also flipped because people come to a lot of conclusions about the Marine Corps because of my personal reputation. Even today, man, I I was at the hospital with my wife, and, and she got, um, don't get scared, okay? My wife got a COVID test today. It was negative, so don't be tripping. But anyways, this was her first time getting a COVID test, and it was the one where they, like, touch your brain. But she, so she had never gotten the COVID test before, and she was kind of tripping. And so the, the nurse is like, oh, don't even worry about it. Like, I do, this, I do this all the time. And she moves her head back, and she's just so gentle. And she just brings it in and takes it out. She's like, see, it wasn't that bad. And she's like, and my wife was saying, oh, my husband just said it's the worst. Because I had to get like 50,000. I didn't have to get that many. But I had to get a lot of COVID tests while I was in the Marine Corps. And corpsmen are not like that nurse. You sit down. You put your head back. And then they shove it up one nostril. They pull it out. And they shove the same one up the other nostril. And they pull it out. And then they stick it in their thing. And they're like, get out of here. And by the time you're done, your, your, tear, your eyes are tearing up. You're like coughing and gagging. It's terrible. I hated it. Every time, I was like, man, I'm not ready for this. Be gentle with me, Corman. But they didn't. 
They didn't care. But anyways, so as, as we're walking out, She's like, oh, my husband said, my wife, she's like, my husband said that, that it's, it's really, like, painful or whatever. And the nurse is like, oh, I thought you were a Marine. I thought Marines were tough. It's like, nice, nurse. My, my response, I was offended, I'm not going to lie. But my response was, yeah, I'm not when people are shoving things up my nose. But anyways, that was the conclusion that she drew, that she drew about me because of the Marine Corps. Anyways, that was my example. So... Christian, right? Let's flip this. Christian, people will come to conclusions about you when you identify as a Christian. And in, in this time and in this culture that, that we live in, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I say the majority of the time, it is more, it is more often a negative thing, right? And why is that? Man, Christians are messy. Christians are messed up people. Christians have a messy history, Right? We are all broken people. Jesus described the church like a hospital. People that are messed up that need saving. People that are messed up that need grace. Right? And, and there are, when you talk to people, man, when I, when I talk to Marines about uh, the, their, their history in the church, a lot of them actually grew up like going to church. A lot of them grew up in Christian homes, but they experienced a, a hypocrisy in the church, a hypocrisy in the leadership that made them turn away the, most of the time. And so that, that could come off as a very negative thing, but I think it's important for us to know that. I think it's important for us to know those things and understand these things and be willing to have conversations with people, be willing to have dialogues about, about this subject and about this idea so that we could point them to the person of Jesus and be like, dude, I, I understand where you're coming from. And I agree with you, man. People are messed up. So a lot of times people suck. But look at the, at the person of Jesus, man. Look at the beauty of this person of Jesus. And we can point them, right, to, to what the truth is. We can point them to, to the, the life that Jesus calls us to live, like in Romans 12, 9 through 18. But more importantly, right, people will come to conclusions about your God by your personal reputation and how you live your life. And that's something that, that is heavy. That is something that is heavy. People will come to conclusions about your God by your personal reputation. But what, what I want you guys to understand in that statement is motive and perspective. Because what, I, what this does not mean, what I'm... What I'm not saying is that you should act a certain way in front of people because you want people to think that Christians are some holy like saints and, and uh, we, we, we're just like super good people like the Mormons. That's not, that's not what I'm saying because that's how you get religious. When you start acting a certain way to, in order to please people and to make people think a certain way, that's, that is the wrong motive. That is the wrong perspective. That is, that is an example of like what Jesus talks about when you can do good things with, a sinful, with, with sinful intent and sinful motive. You can be doing a good thing and still be sinning. That's not the point at all. That is not the point of Christianity at all. The point is to live a life that honors and serves God out of a response to the love that God has for you. Again, that is the motive. That is the point. Your life is a response to what God has done in you. 
Your life is a response to what God has done for us all. And, and the whole point, right, isn't, isn't for people to look at your church and, and be like, oh, man, you have such a great church or, or you, you have such a great religion. The, the point is for people to give glory to God like Jesus talks about in that, in that last verse. He says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Not give glory to you, not give glory to your church, but to give glory to your Father in heaven. Is that the kind of life that you're living? Are you living the kind of life that, that is broadcasting, right? Are you being the salt and the light? Are, are, are people learning about the beauty and the love and the grace of our God through you? through their interaction with you. Because if not, then I would encourage you, Christian, to start practicing the, the spiritual disciplines, right, of, of reading your word, praying, and, and fellowshipping with other believers. And I don't say that religiously. I don't say that religiously. I'm not saying that you have to do those things in order, to have, in order for God to love you more or for you to, to uh, experience, like, experience any more love or, or grace from God. That's not what I'm saying. We have to understand, man, what I'm saying is, is understand that these things benefit you. These things grow you in your knowledge and your understanding of God's love, of God's grace, of God's beauty. Because then when you really understand God's love, God's grace, and God's beauty, right, you can go out and you can broadcast it. Man, fellowshipping, Praying, reading his word, what that's doing is you're aligning your heart with God's heart. That's what, that's what prayer and reading your word is. It's not, to, it's not for God. It doesn't change God. It changes you. It changes us. Reading the Bible is a gift to us. Prayer is a gift to us. Fellowship is a gift to us that we get to experience. It is, it, is a, it is a change of perspective. Get out of that religious mindset where it's like, man, I need to be a better Christian, so I need to, I need to, I need to be, be better in my relationship with God, so i got to do X, Y, Z. It's like, no, man, we get to do that. We get to do those things. Those are all gifts from God. And when you do that, man, you get to be used as his hands and feet in this world and make significant impacts in people's lives, significant impacts in people's lives. Man, the way that God works is, is so incredible. Uh, just, just before service, man, we had, we had a guy come in that was just looking to talk to someone. And so I went and I was talking with him, and he, uh, he had been diagnosed with cancer, and he was told that he's got any day, like any day now could, could be his last day. And he, he just needed some confirmation the things that he, he needed confirmation on were heaven, eternal life, and, and God's grace, and God's love. And I just think about things like that. I mean, it's just like that is a divine appointment because that is what I've been studying for this, this last week. It's like, man, that is, that is how our God works. We have the privilege as messed up sinners to be the hands and feet of Jesus in people's lives. We have the privilege of showing people the love and the grace and the beauty of our creator and their creator and have the opportunity to pull them in and bring them into this family. 
We've talked, we talked, we had a teaching on identity a few weeks ago, man. You, your identity is a son, is an adopted son and daughter of the creator of the universe. That is who you are. And you have the opportunity to, to, to be a, a light, man. One of the things that, that Robert says is, man, you have the keys to the kingdom. God has given you the keys to the kingdom, and you have the opportunity and the ability to let anyone in. So, man, let's go out with that intention. Let's go out with that motive. Let's really love people where they're at. Let's really love people because out of a response to God's incredible love for us. Let's pray. Clean you come up. Father, we, we come before you, Lord, and we, we are so, God, we're just so humbled at how much you do for us. We're so humbled at, at how much you've gone through for us, for, for sinners, for prideful, arrogant sinners that, that just, that don't, that so, so much of the time don't love you don't love others, and we just go and we do the things that we want to do. We go and, and we commit sins. We go and, and we, uh, we hurt other people, Father. God, we are so humbled at the fact that you love us. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending your son to die on a cross so that we could have this relationship with you, God, so that, that we could even be talking to you right now. Lord, I pray for everybody in here. Jesus, I just pray that, that everyone would be encouraged, everyone that, that heard the, this message, that they would be encouraged. And for those that, that have lost loved ones recently, God, that they would just be encouraged at, at the heavenly experience that you have created for us. Lord, and we ask that for those of us that, that are that are going on and, and living, living this, this life, waiting, waiting for that day where we get to see you face to face. Father, that, that we would just grow in our desire for you, that you would reveal to us more and more your grace and your beauty and your love. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone in here, God, that, that, is, that is hearing about you, for, for the first time or it's been a long time and they, they realize man I need to give my life I need to either give my life or recommit my life to, to you Lord I just pray that you would give them a, a confidence and a boldness right now Lord for, for all of us that, that have been living this, this life not representing you well God forgive us God forgive me Lord, we want to honor you and glorify you and love you. Forgive us, and, and we thank you that we get to live in your grace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey everyone, Pastor JD here. You've been listening to a teaching from Ignition Tucson, the young adults ministry of Calvary Tucson. If you live in the greater Tucson area and you're between the ages of 18 to 28, we want to invite you to join us in person. We meet every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. at Calvary Tucson's East Campus on Speedway and Camino Seco. Come join us. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. Down away.